You're listening to Hump Day News and Rumors on Mousecapades Radio. Get ready for something majestic. The following is an original production of the Mousecapades Radio Network. Now, from the Mousecapade Studios, here are your hosts. Happy Hump Day, Mousecapades listeners. This is Brad, and I'm joined today by co-host Matt. We hope that you're all staying safe, happy, and healthy. This is episode 810, and you're listening to the number one podcast that entertains that space between your ears, the Mousecapades and More podcast. So listeners, Vicki and Kaylee, they're on spring break from school this week, and they headed down there along with Vicki's mom. They did a getaway trip for the girls down to Disney World to visit the mouse. So I especially want to thank Matt for graciously agreeing to come on and help me bring you rumors and news this week in the absence of the regular hosts that you're used to listening to, that you know and love. It's always better to have more than one person. Uh, we can bounce off each other and have a conversation about things. So Matt, thank you very much for joining. I I really do appreciate it. Oh, it's it is always a pleasure. So, just a reminder that the Mousecapades and More podcast is part of the Your Story Travel Company. If you're looking to book a trip, we would be glad to help. Just text Vicky or me, Matt, at 636-373-4497, and we would be happy to get with you to design a magical vacation. A small refundable deposit of 200 bucks will hold your resort and ticket package while you chip away at it before your big trip. So, uh, give us a contact today, and we'd be happy to help. Awesome. All right. So we'll start out the gate with some good news for a change. So this is actually great news, listeners. Disney has released a resort discount for Disney Chase Visa customers. Summer booking specials of up to 35% on select hotels and resorts are available for cardholders. That's a great deal. These are the application booking dates. It's May 14th through June 24th, then July 5th through August 19th and then August 27th through September 7th. I think they try to work around some of the most popular, you notice they avoided July 4th, that's not included. (laughs) So they have their ways and do their ways of doing this, but still a great deal given the prices of everything at this point. So be sure to check your schedule and reach out to Vicky or Matt. They'd love to help you book a trip during one of these discount periods so that you can have an even more magical vacation this summer at a more reasonable price. I wouldn't say a reasonable price, a more reasonable price. So fairly more reasonable. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes. So th- those discounts are good, especially like that 35%. That's going to be at Lux's and then it tears down as you go down tiers of resorts. But any, you know, any discount is good to chip away at the yeah, there are other discounts, but the, like you said, it tears down based on where you stay. Generally, the higher end ones get a better discount. And as you go down, there's a lesser discount. But still, take advantage of everything you can, people. I'm telling you. Absolutely. All right. So Disneyland's part of the Caribbean just finished a long and extensive refurbishment. However, the ride still seems to be having some problems. It has made some guests wonder if the wait is really worth it. A couple of missing effects have been observed since the refurbishment completed, by example. One scene where the pirates are interrogating a young man. The wife is screaming. I believe his name is Carlos because she's like, Carlos, don't be cheeking. Yes. (laughs) So that famous scene where you can hear the audio, but there's nothing to see. 
Uh, that could be an easy glitch. Who knows? But then again, it just didn't want to go through refurbishment. Uh, in another scene, probably the most notable of the missing effects, there's a group of pirates shouting at each other in a room full of gunpowder and explosives. Some guests report that two audio animatronic characters are missing from that scene altogether. Yeah, you think that thing would be, uh, you know, spit polished after a, lo- a lengthy refurbishment. That's what I was thinking. Like, well, they just finished refurbishment. I mean, even like when they recently finished The Wish, that boat was sailing and there were still things unpainted, un, you know, uninstalled. So maybe these are last minute things. But... Yeah, I don't get that. That's what I didn't get about that story is like, it's one thing if it's just, it was due and it hasn't been given any attention or love, but it just finished a refurbishment. So who knows? They may have said, uh, we're just going to shave off the edges. It'll be good. Yeah, just get it open. It probably is to them. It's more important to get it open than anything. So... All right, so next up, Disney has released more info about the Disney 100 celebrations that are coming to Epcot later this year. In addition to the new nighttime spectacular, guests will also be able to meet Minnie and Mickey in their platinum attire, and they can snap a selfie with a platinum sculpture of the one who started it all, and watch Spaceship Earth illuminate the evenings with a new spectacle of light show. And for those of you who don't know, I just love Epcot. I I just, I'm always happy when they bring some new thing, you know, to help celebrate or leverage a celebration to to give it some more flair. I, I just love Epcot. It's probably one of my favorite parks at this point. It used to not be. I've changed over time. It's I've fell more in love with it over the years. They're definitely stepping up their game, even though while it's like, you know, even though it's still like Walcott right now, the, the illuminations that they were done on Spaceship Earth, that's probably one of my more favorite things they did for like the for the 50th. That's obviously going to stick around. Like, I love it, the, that addition of all the lights on there. Like, they can do, do so much with it and then had that little snippet with like Walt talking about Epcot and they like, got you feels like Epcot's starting to grow on me too. I love that, Matt. You need to trademark that. Walcott. <laughs> Yeah. I love it. I don't like the past few years. It's it's like, man, I thought this park was big, and now it's just like, man, it's a lot of walls to put up. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> They're doing their best, I'm sure. They are. Yep. So let's head over to Magic Kingdom. Ahead of the grand opening of Tron Light Cycle Run in Magic Kingdom, crews have been cleaning the exterior of the adjacent Space Mountain. In early February, work progressed to the tallest spires of the building's roofs and scaffolding could be seen surrounding the spire. The scaffolding has now been removed from the tallest spire, indicating that work is complete in that particular area. There is now scaffolding over a set of three spires on the right-hand side of Space Mountain. In addition to the work on the spires, crews have also been cleaning between the bridges and the ridges of Space Mountain exterior on the interior new starry flooring has been installed in the queue yeah that power washing i made a, a huge difference and they've been doing some repainting and color testing i've noticed yeah it doesn't take much to make it kind of pop and look really nice so yeah. i'm glad that they're spending some time on this because i think they know that there's going to be an influx of people into this area and i think they're wanting to get it nice and shiny for the folks who come to see tron over in that area going to be a lot of eyes going through there and people taking pictures. Correct. Anything white in a high humidity environment is going to start to grow, uh, you know, uh, I don't want to say mold, uh, like mildew. Right. It it does look a lot better. So, yes, always happy when they give some love to the to the buildings and stuff. Absolutely. All right. So the next topic I wanted to touch on this. This is coming from Marvel Studios. Plans are that they're going to continue pursuing the quote unquote dark side of that universe, meaning they're going to pursue more horror projects like Werewolf by Night, 
and Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Those may soon be on the horizon of that Marvel world. So the VP of Production and Development, Stephen Broussard, spoke about exploring those aspects of horror in a recent D23 podcast just this month. So Werewolf by Night, that was a special presentation that premiered last Halloween. And Broussard was asked if that could have ties to Phase 5 of the MCU the Marvel Cinematic Universe, for those who don't know. I don't like using acronyms without explaining, just in case you don't know. Um, His answer was this, quote, anything is possible in the MCU. The example I always like to cite is Paul Bettany. He was the disembodied robot voice of Jarvis in Iron Man, and he did an amazing job. And then years later, you know, he comes to the Emmys nominated for playing Vision in a sitcom deconstruction, which was WandaVision. If you had asked me back then if that's where he had end up, I would have told you it wasn't even in the realm of possibility. So if I have anything to do with it, Marvel will continue digging into the horror verse, as he calls it, exploring the darker side. There's a great world there with great characters. And that was the end of his quote. And he wrapped up his comments by saying, the darker corners of the Marvel Universe are rich and worth exploring. So I definitely, definitely think they're going to continue pursuing this. And Matt, there's a story later on we'll talk about that kind of confirms that, you know, this whole focus on the villain's land yeah, yeah, yeah. that's coming. I think they're they're trying to go more into the dark edge of some of these things because they know there's a there's a contingent of the people who love, love that part of it. The only thing I don't like about that is it's a double-edged sword. He even said it in his quote, anything is possible in the MCU. Sometimes I feel that it's far-fetched like they try to tie things together that in your mind can never even be related it's almost like a get out of jail free card well it's the mcu anything's possible (laughs) i i don't know it's i i struggle with that that's the only thing about that i don't know what do you think about that same here and you know the caveat on what you just read like the that whole dark side the whole horror side is literally you know a, a peg in the wheel that disney has never touched like that is a, a vast resource that they've never put their hands on and they're starting to realize like hey people like to be scared like halloween horror nights is a huge a- attractant yes and as much as we all love mickey's not so scary i think it would blow your minds as to what kind of a draw you would get if there was something just a little bit darker you know especially for like that preteen tween and up into adults i mean you know there's people out there who would love a mickey's very very scary yes we go to haunted houses, we like, and we laugh as we're going through the stuff because we love the production value yeah. of it, the sets, and people are like terrified. Me and my <laughs> wife are pointing out like structural points and like, we love that stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, like with the MCU, that is a spider web that I don't care much to touch. It's you know, phase five, section 4-312 of the MCU blog. It's like, I'm no. Yeah. Give me I, Iron Man and Thor, I'm good. Right. <laughs> I, I feel like that that part of the Disney company, it's really been oversaturated with a lot of things just coming at you from, it's like a fire hose coming at you from MCU. I don't know, but yeah, I do definitely think they're going to pursue this. Like you said, I think it's a, I think it's a balance because they do have to balance their traditional targeting families. Yep. They probably won't go extreme dark, but I think they will go darker for sure. Yeah. They'll go like PG 10 something like that you know yeah say it ain't so number one say it ain't so say it ain't so
Imagineer Souvenirs, the Mickey and Minnie Railway, Runaway Railway gift shop in Disneyland, is already being vandalized, like the attraction's queue has so honorably been mentioned so many times in the past week's shows. Guests have started peeling at the stickers and some of the props in the store, including the Doodlebug model train boxes. Like with the props being grabbed in the railway queue, it's likely that kids are the ones messing with the shop's props. Most of the theming in the Imagineer Souvenir Shop is out of reach, so hopefully it'll be better preserved than in the runaway, runaway queue. Regular wear and tear should be expected with props like this, but it's just another example that we talk about, about you know people being respectful to things that aren't yours, and we don't touch things that aren't ours. Many of these issues could be prevented. Uh, more, or, more, more oversight and engagement from parents and guardians is greatly appreciated. Yeah, I... I tell my kids all the time, if it's not yours, don't touch it. I just don't get this mentality of, you know, it's just entitlement. It's just entitlement. I don't either. I just don't get it. I don't think I ever will. (laughs) I know we talk about it a lot. For what it takes to create this stuff, the last thing I want to do is, quote unquote, desecrate it. Right. I think people that litter at national parks. I know. It's like, come on, people, do better. This is why we can't have nice things. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. All right. Next up. There's more details on the previously reported Tron Light Cycle Run snack stand or kiosk at the Magic Kingdom, including its name and menu. So its name is Energy Bites, B-Y-T-E-S, not B-I-T-E-S. It's a clever play on the whole Tron thing. You know, bites is in a bite of data. So the kiosk will serve breakfast bites. Now that's a B-I-T-E-S because it's actual food. (laughs) Savory snacks, sweet treats, and beverages. Some notable items are for breakfast, there's a chocolate cake donut hole drizzled with mocha sauce and also a new drink that you can try from Joffrey's Coffee. There's also two savory options. There's dumpling combos. Those sound quite yummy. And sweet treats. There's a strawberry isoform, which is a blended strawberry ice cream mochi, graham crackers, and a hint of cheesecake foam on top. That sounds good. And there's also frozen watermelon refresher infused with yuzu and ginger. And for those who are not familiar with yuzu, that's a Japanese fruit. It's kind of a cross between a lemon and a mandarin orange, but it's also got a hint of lime and grapefruit. So basically it's a citrus kind of infusion into that thing. Those sound really good. I hope this plays out the way I hope it does. Yeah, I sure hope it doesn't bite. (laughs) (laughs) That really bites. (laughs) I had to go there. I'm sorry, everybody. That is funny. My little guy, he's like the king of watermelon. He'll love that one. And the strawberry, that sounds amazing with the cheesecake. Yeah. Anything cake foam. Oh, yeah. A new Star Wars movie could be coming to theaters near you in the near future. Fans of the franchise have been awaiting the next film in the Star Wars saga. Some of us have. The last major motion picture, The Rise of Skywalker, was released December 2019. And many are hoping for a new journey in the galaxy far, far away very, very soon. Dave Lindelhoff, I think that's a day, right? Lindelhoff is currently working on a project for Star Wars. And that project is the one rumored to be the next movie released in 2025 of December 2025. While everyone waits for another Star Wars film to hit the big screen, Disney Plus remains the streaming home of a galaxy far, far away. Season three of The Mandalorian is right underway, while Rogue One, a Star Wars story prequel series Andor, has already begun filming for a second season. Others that are in various stages of production include Ashoka, Star Wars Skeleton Crew, and The Acolyte. 
I don't like to wait each week between episodes, so I'm waiting for season three of The Mandalorian, to, and then I'll watch it all. But I've seen some clips, and it looks – I love that series. Yeah, we are not big Star Wars people, but I know it's a there's a huge fan base for Star Wars. I mean, just huge. Yeah, I love Star Wars, but not like some people. <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting that you say that because I know some people are mixed on. They want to see it, the episodes right as they come out, but some people don't like that. They want to wait and watch the whole thing when it's available. Yeah, just binge it. Binge it, yeah. Yep. So yeah, that's coming. So take heart. Those who've been waiting, it has been a little bit since the last official movie. It's coming. It's going to be a couple more years, though, I think. The last ones were like so, so like, I'm, you know, I, I love the OG ones. Like those are, you know, the, the new ones are fun, but it's not the same vibe. Yeah. But like you said, people, people really do like the Mandalorian. They, they are big on the Mandalorian. Because it has that feel, has that, you know, earlier, it's not so overproductive production. Yeah. All right, folks, I've got the number two, Say It Ain't So. So Walt Disney World is facing a new lawsuit alleging that a female guest was served food containing broken glass bits at Cinderella's royal table in the Magic Kingdom. Yes, people, it's all fun and games until parts of Cinderella's slipper ends up in your food. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what star you want to wish upon there. You don't want to wish upon that star, trust me. <laughs> oh, here's the statement from the woman's attorneys. So on July 31st, 2019, so this has been a while ago, they're just now bringing it, I guess. Uh, Mary Brumbaugh, who was 58 at the time, and her family visited Walt Disney World from Chicago, Illinois, for what they believed would be a fun vacation. While dining at a restaurant in the Magic Kingdom, our client was allegedly served glass in her food that fractured two dental crowns and led to extensive bleeding in her mouth. We're working to ensure Disney is held accountable for their alleged negligence and to ensure that they take more care to prevent future incidents like this. Brumbaugh told lawyers that when she bit into her eggs, she bit into broken glass. Her lawyers asked Disney if there had been any complaints of foreign items found in food like the year before up to that incident. I guess they wanted to establish a pattern if there was one. So she's suing for more than $50,000 due to physical injuries sustained that resulted in expensive doctor and dental visits, as well as emotional distress. Wow. So if this is really true, it's kind of disturbing. I guess the thing that shocked me the most is that she wasn't suing for more. Yeah. I, I thought she would have went for a big money grab on this one since it was like glass in your food. I mean, that's kind of, ugh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I hate to be a skeptical person of, you know, of anybody, especially if this really happened to this poor woman, but it's always like, you know, but everybody knows Disney probably has been sued more than any company in history. And, you know, why'd you wait so long? Right. You know, but on the flip side, you know, what do they serve? 30 million meals a year? You know, out of just numbers, there's got to be one or two follies out of just a numbers thing. But, you know, I've seen people get stuff spilled on them and things break, but I've, I've never heard of anything as egregious as being served glass. Yeah, this is definitely a level up. And like you said, I don't like I don't like being a skeptic, but you do. I, I do bring a skeptical view to all of these kind of things that people sue about. I, it's just my nature because people sue about anything now. Yeah. And in eggs, it's like you'd have to break the glass either when the egg was cooked or when it's about to be prepared. It's like. Right. 
But who knows? I doubt she's going to get anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, who knows? Disney has very good lawyers as well. So we'll see how that plays out. All right, on to some somber news. The family of legendary Raleigh Crump, Disney legend and notable Imagineer, has announced his passing at age 93. Raleigh was truly a one-of-a-kind individual, and his whimsical work has been featured all over the world. He's had numerous contributions to the Walt Disney films and the theme parks. His incredible style was unique and uniquely his own, and instantly recognizable to many. Visual in some of the company's most famous attractions, such as the Tiki Room, Haunted Mansion, Small World, plus many, many more. He leaves behind a legacy that will never be matched or repeated, and the magic he crafted for countless people worldwide will never be forgotten. Yeah, Raleigh Crump was like the bad boy of the Imagineers, like West Coast vibing. If you've ever seen the videos where it's Walt and he has a, a lady with him who's dressed like a, a plaid and she has like a horse's rider's hat on and they're talking with Raleigh Crump about the Museum of the Weird. And that's what inspired a lot of things in the Haunted Mansion. Like, I do believe that the clock in the hallway, that's a Raleigh Crump design. It's all kind of psychedelic, trippy looking. Like, uh-huh. that's why I always like Raleigh. And he's one of the last of those old boys, like him and Bob Gurr knock on wood. So he lived a good life. So that's, it, it is sad, but at the same time, you know, he, he lived a full life. It was a champion. Yeah. So he would have been an edgy kind of imagineer. Like that wild, you know, people were like, you know, they're all like suits, cardigans, and pipes. And he was, you know, tie dyes and the other pipe. That's awesome. That's yeah. awesome. All right. Our next story is about the Pirates of the Caribbean. We already had a story about this, but this is a good one. So I wanted to put this one in here, too, because it's a good story. So even though it's experienced extended closures recently, some ingenious cast members took it upon themselves to take a quick turnaround and turn that expected downtime into some magical moments for guests last week. Cast members basically stood in for the roles of the audio animatronics and they reenacted the entire ride while reading through the attraction's script. That's just awesome. Mm -hmm. And other members of the crew provided sound effects and these dedicated pirates even serenaded guests with the attraction's anthem. Yo ho, yo ho, a pirate's life for me. I can I can just hear him doing it. It's awesome. <laughs> and guests were reportedly gathering around to watch as they were immersed by this unique experience. And the My Disney Experience app may have told guests that the pirates was down, but there was definitely no shortage of entertainment outside the attraction uh, based on this. And this is my favorite part. Some younger guests were even seen sitting on the ground, just captivated by the cast members as they did this. And just so you don't forget, Walt himself once said, you can design and create and build the most wonderful place in the world, but it takes people to make the dream a reality. And there's no doubt those talented cast members working at Pirates just embodied that, what Walt said. And it just made it a great magical experience for folks. Very unique. They didn't have to do that. They just took it upon themselves to do it. Even though there's no official word on the cause of these unexpected downtimes of pirates, we can always be assured that the cast members will step up and try to make the best of it, even though it might be experiencing issues. So there's actually a scrim that's been installed in the courtyard outside the attraction, which that might suggest it's on the cusp of a refurbishment, but nothing has been officially announced about that. But we will keep you posted on that if we hear anything. I just love that story. The, they were they took they, I guess they were t- taking tape and making the shapes of the boats and <laughs> pretend loading people and taking them through the scenes and unloading them like that's awesome. 
I don't know where else you get employee, you know, cast members. Like, where else do you experience stuff like that? You know, exactly. Like, man, just pay those people what they need. Like, if if they all were like, you know what, we're not going to go on strike, but we are going to just not smile. It <laughs> would have a completely like it would ruin your trip. It would. Like, you're not asking for that much, Disney. Like, pay the people what they you know they need to survive because they're worth it. And we're going to talk about that later in the show too. Before we before we're done, I need my blood pressure medicine for that one. <laughs> All right, time for say it ain't so number three. Say it ain't so, say it ain't so. In a new video shared on Facebook, Chris and Hannah Martin, owners of Sparkling Dreamers, have disclosed more information about their ban from Disney World amidst an ongoing lawsuit filed by Walt Disney Company. There are individuals that were operating as the secret Diz Group LLC, and then later on, Sparkling Dreams. They sold everything from face masks with official branding, signature castle and images of Disneyland Park icons, entrance to the Walt Disney World 50th anniversary fanny packs, so on and so on. They also cashed in on unauthorized merch featuring a wide range of characters from Disney's intellectual property catalog, spanning from Star Wars, Little Mermaid, Winnie the Pooh, and so on. As we reported last week, Chris Martin was unceremoniously removed from Walt Disney World property and asked never to return. Like, that's a nightmare. In a video posted on social media, the couple has now disclosed that the ongoing litigation has led to a lifetime ban for Hannah as well. Oh, man, I don't even know what I would do, including any potential trips the couple may have planned for Disneyland as well. A couple contends that the reason for their ban lies in their breaching their Walt Disney World annual pass agreements, but a court filing made by the Disney company provides more specific reasons. Disney alleges that the couple will infringe on intellectual property rights by reselling unauthorized merchandise. When they were issued a cease and desist notice, the Martins made promises to halt their unsanctioned operations, only made minimal changes to avoid any further legal action. While there are plenty of unauthorized merchandise creators, particularly through sites like Xy, Chris and Hannah Martin have seemingly taken things one step further. Even using Disney branding for their own logos, websites, even listing the Walt Disney World Resort as their official company address on their website and online platforms. That's egregious. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, you won't push it. According to legal filings, a couple went so far as to file claims with the United States Patent and Trademark Office that included the intellectual properties of Walt Disney World Company. Chris and Hannah Martin still oversee the secret theme park group on Facebook, boasting nearly a quarter million members. It appears that the couple has now removed posts from the group that feature their merch and links to their online stores. However, at the time of the posting, the Sparkling Dreams website still appears to be up and running and accepting sales. Like... This is just brazen, brazen. Great grifters. Like those are like OG grifters. Like, oh, I think I saw a clip, like a reel. I don't do a TikTok because I'm an adult, uh, but I saw a reel <laughs> and it was a guy and they're like, you know, I think it was him. And she's like, you know, you're, you're being banned for violating the terms of your annual pass. And it's because they're using that as like the stepping stone. Correct. And then they're trying to sue for copyrights. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, this was just in your face stuff. I mean, Disney generally don't they don't play when it comes to stuff like this. No, and especially when it's so just 
in your face. It's just so brazen and in your face. And they're not even attempting. I mean, I think Disney would have cut them some slack if they're like, okay, we were, we went over the line. You're right. And if they truly backed off on a lot of that, I think this might've gone away relatively quickly because Disney doesn't want to spend a lot of time in litigation if they don't have to, if people will back off. But still, I think Disney kind of is forced to do something about this because they 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 leveled up their game. They're like, nope, we're gonna double down. <laughs> Especially like like stealing like their main icons as for logos. And their address is the Disney company's address. <laughs> it's like, oh, where's your business located? We're at a uh, 106 Main Street, right in front of Cinderella's Castle. Your door's on the left. Like, <laughs> I mean, I remember in the late 90s, like daycares getting cease and desist letters because there's murals, you know, of Disney oh stuff gosh. in the daycare. And they're like, no, 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 this is next level. Disney's legal team, between all the shenanigans and tomfoolery, they must it must be impressive. Like, I know. It must be a next level firm. Like, remember telling my kids to become lawyers for Disney. <laughs> no doubt. Seriously. Oh my goodness. Okay. All right. Next up, I'm trying to mix in the the good with the bad stories this week. So this is this is a good story. New meet and greets. They're coming to Animal Kingdom, Magic Kingdom, and Epcot this year. So we'll hit them real quick. Animal Kingdom, starting on April 22nd, Moana from the movie Moana will greet fellow voyagers on Discovery Island just in time for the park's 25th anniversary. Over in Magic Kingdom in the fall, Mirabelle from the movie Encanto will greet guests in fairy tale gardens surrounded by whimsical decor inspired by La Familia Madrigal. She will be replacing Merida, and that whole area will be redesigned to look like the Casita Madrigal. Interesting. And then Epcot. In summer, guests will be able to meet Figment in the Imagination Pavilion. Heck yeah. So even though there's no exact details or specific timing announced yet for this Figment one, Disney has said that guests will be able to hug Figment. So that means he'll probably likely appear as a costumed character as he has in the past. So many, many years ago, Figment could be met in Epcot, but that meet and greet has long since been gone. However, the Imagination Dragon has remained a popular character. If you will remember the frenzy last year over that Figment popcorn bucket. So he's still very much kicking and alive. And he was first introduced in 1983 in the Journey into Imagination. And his presence on that ride has undergone many changes throughout the years, different versions and whatnot. He still currently plays a starring role in Journey into Imagination with Figment. And so he and the ride recently celebrated their 40th anniversary. I'm glad they have this one coming. I think it'll be popular. People will want to go to this. Yeah, he's Epcot's, Epcot's icon. Yeah, I've always felt like that. Like, I I wish I had. I remember the girls were talk, talking about it on, I think, one of the last news and rumors, having you know, someone got an original figment. And then maybe remember, yes. like, I had one. I probably got it when I was nine. Oh, it had to have been like nine years old. And I had it up until I was like my teens. And then a dog, one of my dogs ruined it. And like, I'd kill to have that. So if we could, if I can, you tell me I can hug Figment, <laughs> I will wait. I won't say how long, but a stupid amount of time <laughs> to do that. Cause that's an instant childhood connection. Like the yeah. original ride was amazing. The new one is tolerable, but like giving some love to Figment about time, like the popcorn bucket fiasco of 2022, <laughs> the devotion that's there. So oh, yeah. Oh yeah. On their part. There's some hardcore fans of Figment. That's for sure. Because he's awesome. Yep. At D23 Expo last fall, Disney Parks Experience and Products Chairman Josh Tomorrow showed off concept art for several, quote-unquote, blue sky ideas, quote-unquote, we're thinking about, 
One such of these ideas was a villain's land for Magic Kingdom. And people have been rumoring that for forever, the Dark Kingdom or whatever they want to call it. So in an interview with Entertainment Weekly, Imagineer Chris Beatty discussed the fan reaction to this particular concept. And some of his statements were talking about how, you know, they want to keep on dreaming, you know, and keep that whole, that thing that, you know, Walt wanted to push forward and they wanted to give us a peek at some of the amazing things that could be coming. You know, things change every day. They didn't want to stick down to anything good, uh, but they're trying to reassure people that they're trying to be, um, you know, innovative again in keeping that Imagineering and all that stuff alive. And this villain concept got a huge amount of applause. They took note of that uh, and made a couple announcements. Tomorrow recently commented that the Neutron light cycle run is just the tip of the iceberg with regards of what's on the horizon or the blue sky. He mentioned the team of Disney Imagineers and cast members that are ready to continue the progress that's being made in introducing new experiences to Walt Disney World guests in the coming years. Their perseverance, particularly through the COVID-19 pandemic, seems to be just as strong when looking into the future. Here's some direct comments from tomorrow about just about that. He says, our Imagineers, our entire team are incredibly ambitious about the experiences here and how it will continue to grow and evolve. We've seen it come to life at the 50th anniversary coming out of the pandemic and how we stood right how we stood right back up, brought back all the things people loved and added new things. We've seen it at Epcot, it's totally transforming, and that will continue to transform. You know, it's kind of vague-ish. But they're letting us know that they see, yeah, he's even said it. I think he's been quoted like, we, we're hearing you. We're listening, which is what they should be doing this whole time. Because, you know, but no one's asking for anything crazy. We want a couple simple things, new concepts, quit remaking things. <laughs> During the most recent earnings call for Walt Disney Company, Bob Iger also spoke about expanding the offerings at the parks, which is what we all want to hear. These are his comments. When we invest in increasing capacity, the Star Wars lands were a great example of that. Pandora was a great example of that. And we can grow our business. In fact, if you look at the results, when we put Pandora at Animal Kingdom from year to year, we're stunning at how many people were actually visiting Animal Kingdom. We're going to bring a vision of Avatar to Disneyland next, so they say. We have other opportunities as well. So I think they're basically just trying to say, just wait to see what we're up to. Like, I'm hoping the next D23 that it's like home run, home run, home run. Like, put like pound the nail in, you know, between, especially with the big thing between them and Universal right now. Like, people are, the cheerleaders are like, come on, we need big plays. We need big plays catching up real fast yeah so they're definitely they're going to focus on it for sure there's no doubt this next story i know kaylee and joey are going to be excited about this one we previously mentioned about the phineas and ferb reboot on this podcast and rumor has it that the revival of the series won't be much different from the original um we already know that dan povenmeyer was on board for the reboot but now the other half of the duo behind the cartoon series has also been confirmed that's right jeff swampy marsh <laughs> will executive produce the reboot along with voice directing for several episodes and the fact that the deal is sealed with jeff probably thrills phineas and ferb fans the show's original viewership was in the millions and merch sales were through the roof not to mention the fact that fans also love music from the show as well and this reboot sure to be a hit with all the fans of the og show but i'm sure there may be a whole new generation of fans come out of this reboot so we'll have to see do i love phineas and ferb 
those cartoons were great. And that was, those were the first characters that uh, my oldest ever experienced. And I can close my eyes right now and see him like the, the hokey video of the kid running to the character's arms up and it was Phineas. And I was just like, Oh, it was so awesome. I was going to ask, did did your kids ever get into Phineas and Ferb? So he, he did. Right. Yeah. And like they both like watch it, you know, here and there. And like, we always have that on when we're at, at the parks. Uh-huh. That's always on one of the channels. It's a great cartoon. Like it's funny. Yeah. And they always get like, it's like kind of like they're like two buddies, two brothers kind of a scenario. So my boys love that. And they're always up to no good and they never get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Candace. I know. Following a month of negotiations being halted by the Service Trades Council Union, which represents a vast majority of Disney World cast members, the union announced last week at their Rally for a Raise event that negotiations will, in fact, resume with Disney once again this week. STCU President Matt Hollis represents the six unions which comprise of the STCU, and he made the following announcements at the rally for the cast members. We've made a lot of progress in the work rules. We've made a lot of progress in very important areas, but that does not replace the fact that Disney workers need real wages and they need them now. So I have good news for you. We're going to be meeting next week with the company in bargaining. When we get there, we'll be expecting to see an offer that reflects the priorities that we have continued to tell the company are important to every Disney workers. And for those who don't know, Cast members just want a pretty realistic living wage because everything in Florida is ridiculously expensive. It's like it is everywhere across the nation, but Florida is a little spicier and they're not getting paid much. So negotiations came to a halt last month following the union's overwhelming 96% rejection of Disney's last best final offer. In quotes, that's the way they phrased it. The unions have consistently demanded 18 an hour now with a set plan for 20 later. Pretty realistic, but not asking for anything that's unrealistic here so it's like you know i mean we're gonna see what comes from next week's negotiations and we'll keep you guys posted but fingers crossed that they just do right like they are showing record gains in park performance zero they've cut back on so many things you know like you want to win the favor over of over all of us do right by the people that make these vacations what they are correct oh we will see we'll we'll keep you posted A new report claims executives at the Walt Disney Company are being ordered to identify thousands of potential layoff candidates at the company on the order of Bob Iger. CEO in charge. According to Business Insider, managers at the company must identify candidates for layoff by April for a Disney source. Layoffs will impact about 4,000 employees with the rest of the cuts coming from open roles. Additionally, targets have been given for reducing spending and headcount to each of these departments. Iger's reportedly on a push for profitability as his return to the company continues. Sounds a little chapeckish there. Yeah. Much effort is being undertaken to eliminate redundancies and even executives where possible. The directive is to prepare budget cuts and lists for employees to be laid off, with sources telling Business Insider that these will begin in April. However, it's unclear whether the layoffs will incur in waves or all at once, as they did during COVID. So basically, they want heads up, which is understandable. Yeah. Well, you know, you'd like to know that the guillotine's coming. Correct. I just think it's interesting, this story in contrast to, you know, the folks wanting higher wages. How are they going to balance? Are they going to have to lay off certain people for another for another set to get more? I don't know how they're looking at that internally. 
like the huge contradiction of the cast members are everything to we're letting 7,000 of you go. Right. That they're laying off. This is all cast members. This is a lot of internals and I think studio level and, but still. Right. A lot of contradictions. Exactly. Uh, on his first day back at Disney in November of 2022, CEO Bob Iger announced his plans to collapse the centralized content and distribution unit, Disney Media and Entertainment Distribution, championed by former Mr. Paycheck. Uh, he's also confirmed a hiring freeze announced under Chapek would still go forward. He then announced plans to eliminate 7,000 jobs during the February earnings calls. CFO Christine McCarthy told investors on the same earnings call that the company has targeted cost savings of $5.5 billion. Some of that will come from training money spent on TV and movies, and the rest will come from marketing and other non-content budgets. Back in February, Iger also announced the restructuring of Disney into these three wings, entertainment, ESPN, Disney Parks, experiences, and products, which is... Like ESPN by itself, that's a there's such a juggernaut of entertainment. It really is. It really is. They just need to own like NASCAR and Walmart and they'll like be world dominant. Yeah. Alan Bergman and Dana Walton, co-chair entertainment. Jimmy Pitaro heads ESPN and Josh Tomorrow, as we all know, continues to watch over the Disney parks experiences and products. Disney has declined to comment on the story, of course. As typical, it's almost like pending litigation. Uh, we're not going to comment on this because it's in the works. <laughs> so, and the company is a mess right now. Like I say it all the time, I'm not a big fan of the company right now, but it's the parks are that own us, like that we love. Correct. And so I get it from pe people all the time. We're like, oh, Disney's so disappointing. I'm like, hey, I don't care about the company. It's the parks that make the magic, that make the memories. It's not all these suits and their bickering. Correct. Oh my, I don't know. We'll have to see how this goes. We'll let you know, folks, how this whole, I guess you could call it a wage war and these layoffs go. We'll see. So everyone, thank you for joining us today on the podcast. We really appreciate it. And again, I really want to thank Matt for helping bring you the news and rumors this week. I'm sure the girls will be happy to do a trip report at some point in the near future when they get back about their trip that they're on this week. So be listening for that. We'll probably have that for you soon. And just a few reminders, if you're interested in being a guest on our show or you have a question or a comment, send us a text at 636-373-4497. If you're looking for a free quote, text Vicky or Matt at that same number, 636-373-4497. You can also check us out online. On Facebook, we can be found at The Mousecapades Podcast, three separate words. Or on the web, you can head over to yourstorytravel.com, scroll down and click the vacation planning button, provide a few details. You can choose an agent of your choice if you want, and then hit the submit button. And one of the Your Story Travel guides will get back to you to discuss options for a great and magical trip. Please be sure to listen to Friday's show. Vicki interviews her clients, Kelly and Jenny, about their recent trip to Walt Disney World at the end of January. As always, thanks for listening to the number one podcast that entertains the space between your ears, the Mousecapades, and more podcasts. Well, Matt, it's about that time. Hurry back. Just keep swimming. Have a magical day, my friends. 